Welcome to Turtle Pod. This is strictly going to be an announcement of what this pod station's about. Outdoors. Not about... Eh. I don't know where I was going with this. But that's basically about it. It's going to be outdoors pod. It's going to be an outdoor podcast. Are you going to join us on this one? Not today. So you have Sam and Nolan and Jasper the dog. Stop oh. fidgeting in your pants. We can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm Nolan. I'm Sam. <laughs> Got Jasper Dog here. The good old boy Jasper. Good old fishing dog. Right? Outdoor dog. Outdoor dog. Outdoor dog. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm not. It's Jasper. Jasper, you gotta be Jasper's tail. He's excited. He's happy. He's got daddy home and his uncles are home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess today's topic, what we were just talking about, it's, uh... Well, we were we, we weren't really gearing towards snow machine as as the podcast is what we're going to stick to, but that's kind of what it turned into. It's what but the, it's we're, what the season is. It's what the season is. It is right. This is a season of snow snow machine and snowboarding and winter activities, and we kind of mainly snow machine. I snowboard. Me and Jeff snowboard. I snowboard uh, just not as much as I used to. My, I don't know. It's no spinning. Not as much as you used to, or uh, just not as good anymore? <laughs> probably a little bit of both, actually. <laughs> I, I probably haven't snowboarded since I was... I think I stopped when I was about 18 years old, so... Ah. Nine years I've been on a board. I thought about getting one of those snowboard racks for my snow machine, and uh, maybe taking it when we go ride, but... You gonna, I, do, you gonna do what those guys at Turnigan do, and... Ride your no, sled well, up and goes, then then let it ghost ride down, and then you go snowboard down to it. And hopefully no, it didn't because it would probably wreck. <laughs> I can't ride the thing without wrecking or breaking it, so it makes you think I can ghost ride it down a mountain without breaking it. <laughs> <laughs> I ghost ride down, turn again, tagged a tree, it spun a 180, and it didn't do anything. I, I was like, I was watching it from on top of the mountain, just staring at it. It's, it's like going down and going down going over one ridge and another ridge I'm like oh she's still going everybody's trying to chase after it and I'm like oh this is going to be expensive okay let's see where it goes and right to the trees oh oh pantry okay (laughs) and then like I get like I get about halfway down the mountain and everybody's like giving me the thumbs up from down the distance and I'm like no way there's no way no way I didn't bend something there's just no way I get down there ain't scuff mark on the bumper and it was it and I'm like that thing did a full 180 like <laughs> Carrie almost totaled out his sled trying to catch up to it <laughs> it was uh it was pretty funny so Saturday when I blew my clutch up <laughs> I knew I don't know I just knew that my belt was gonna go climbing up to the truck climbing up that hill to go get onto the trailer and I yelled out to Jordan I'm like hey Jordan you want to see me blow a belt <laughs> That's a deceiving hill, too. That's a tiny little hill, too. (laughs) But it's steep. And I was like, hey, Jordan, do you want to see me blow a bell? And he's like, yeah, right. As soon as I get to the top, kapow! Just blows. I'm like, I told you. (laughs) I knew it it was going to go. I was like, and there's another $200. What what was the diagnostics this time? Uh, Clutch. Broken clutch. Was that bushing that fell out of the back? Bushing that fell out of the back of my clutch. On the secondary? On the secondary. And then the secondary just completely takes a crap. So, Which could explain why you've been blowing belts like no other. It could have been gone a long time ago. Yeah, because Anchor Jarta Cat, 
said that uh, that looks like that bushing has been gone for a while. Just judging by how shiny it is on the inside of that sleeve. When you can see how that metal's cracked out around and, it, yeah. it's been wor- it's been and wobbling. He said it, and he said it's been wobbling on the jack shaft and it's causing it to bind up and when it's binding up. Well, because I didn't tell you, but before I blew that belt, my belt flipped upside down when I was riding. It turned upside inside out. Wow. On the clutches. Hmm. Yeah, I've never had that happen before. That should have been a sign right there. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I ignored it after I fixed it. I was like, ah, whatever, I'll lift it back to the truck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, that's a, I guess for that year of Articat, that's a common problem, which sucks because you got to just put more money into it to fix it. Well, yeah, you already dumped what? Just right before you had to go ride, you dumped, what, 1200 bucks into it? Right before we went to go ride this last weekend? Yeah, $1,200. New skid, no everything, track skid. Any step kit. Yeah, we got your any step kit. Whatever, snow machining's fun, man, but it can be expensive. It sure can ruin your life. I like that video you did. You're like, sled life, and then you're just throwing <laughs> money at it. Just, just a, a big stack just of cash. Just a stack of money. What? Why don't you join us? I, I can't understand your. <laughs> you're all like trying to talk to me in sign language. You're acting like a mind reader. We asked if you wanted to join. You're like no, but you're standing in the doorway trying to give us like instructions or something. Jasper's even growing. You can't see it, but Joe's in the like doorway five feet from us, just like trying to give us hand signals. To land <laughs> a, a Boeing seven forty seven down on the runway by these little lights or something. Uh, <laughs> what are you trying to do? So I mean, now that Joe. Goodly distract us, distract us <laughs> off what we were talking about and this oh, aircraft all, landing signals it's all oh, we're all, I think we're on the how expensive it is yeah to ride yeah. but you know what what somebody told me and it actually made a lot of sense it's not about the money you spend while you're doing it it's about the smiles per mile yeah and you know what I've had a lot of smiles I had a lot of good times I don't know, but this year you haven't had too many smiles. I've, I've, I've had smiles. I still had smiles while out riding. I had a lot of smiles on Saturday. Yeah? Yeah, I was with it, a good, right at the end. <laughs> good group of people. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was I was bummed out, but at the... Yeah, uh, yeah I was pretty pissed. I'm just <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I was pretty mad, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? I said that's like one of the hardest things to do is to, to coordinate with all your friends to go ride. You got like yeah. a massive group, and then it, it, it turns out it's like you can't ride in really a group more than four. You, I mean, you, you can do it. You it's, can do it. We did it. We did a big group ride last year in February around this time. Actually, yeah, a few days ago, to where um, for a friend that passed away, we went, my buddy Cameron and we did a big uh, memorial ride for him at my turning in. Yeah, and you know, we were driving up. I mean, there was. 12 of us. Yeah. I've never even rode with that many people, but... That, you know, that's, a, that's a full coordination up at turn. That was up at turning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was one of those things where, like, in a big group ride like, like that, you, you're you checking the weather, making sure that the weather's going to be good, because you don't want to yeah. get up there and have it be bad weather with everybody there. And we get up there, and we're, like, driving up the pass, and it was super, super, like, cloudy. Mm. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, oh, this is shitty. <laughs> And we got up there as bluebird skies and 40 degrees in right. February. Right. 
And we, I mean, we had one of the best days ever. I mean, we, yeah, when you everybody get, else rode around and did what they did, but. Yeah, when you get a good group like that, and then, I mean, you guys are pretty close friends with, with that group, and then when you get into, like, one of the bowls with, like, Turney, because you can all stay in one bowl and see each yeah. other, but, like, if you get, because I've had it where I've tried to, like, coordinate with Ryan, because I've got guys that want to ride, like, down Seward, down up in, up in the valley, down here in Anchorage. And it's like when we try to coordinate all of us to ride, you know, the guys up in the valley, they want to go ride like Hatchard or Talkeetna because yep. that's the closest. The guys down Seward would like to hit like Lost Lake or Johnson's or Grandview or something. And then the Anchorage guys, you know, we don't really care where we go. We're just kind of like, well, Hatcher sounds fun, but you know, going down south sounds just as fun. And, uh, you know, but if we do get a group, then it's like, okay, well, we'll go to like Lost. If there's more than four of us, going up to Lost Lake is a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, because oh, yeah. most of the time when I do go down to ride with those Southland boys, man, it's like we go down there, we go up to Lost Lake, and there's like a group of like 15 to 20 of us that go up there and go ride. And like you get up in the lot, well, some half the guys want to stay down in the trees, and the other half, well, actually, a third of the guys want to stay in the trees and go boondocking. And then another third want to go out over to the lake and then put around on those little rolling hills and stuff like that. And another third just wants to head straight for the mountains and try to get some good climbs in, you know, and it's just like... And then, I mean, and then you got guys like me who just want to go out and find a jump and go ahead and jump. Yeah, you know, and it's... I mean, and that's a lot harder than some people so, think it is to actually yeah. find it. We, we usually we usually lose quite a few, I mean, guys. I mean, what we try to do is, like, when we go up there in a group of more than ten of us, is that we at least, like, try to get, like, three guys, three, three to four guys for a subgroup. And we all kind of stick in the little genre. Like usually, like me and Eric, we like we like hitting them out. We like trying doing some climbs and doing some exploring is what we like to do. Yeah. And so usually, me and him will kind of like stick together when we dip off. Like the rest of the group will be over like hitting these jumps, doing some boondoggins, and like me and Eric will go, we'll go over to the mountainside and we'll go do some good climbs and go find some cool stuff to go ride in. Like uh, last year in Lost, we found this gnarly little gully that went up to the side of the mountain. It started at the lake and then it went all the way up to the top of the mountain. And it was just, it was just phenomenal. It was like a natural weird half pipe that went all the way up the mountain. Yeah. And it was fun because it had these little knolls and everything that you could just mob up uh, as you were going up it and then coming down, it was just as fun. I, I had a blast with that you know, I, I And I've never really been the type to ride in big groups. Like I've always had like my group that I rode with and stuck with. And that's just because I trust them, you know. It's yeah. not saying I don't trust other people, but I know, I know their capabilities. On if something wants to happen in the backcountry, that they would, they would help. You know, they they know somewhat what they're doing. Yeah. And you know, like I don't want to be in the situation. I don't want to put them in the situation where something happens and you know you got a group of people that have no idea what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And then somebody potentially loses a life. Because it happens all the time. Well, yeah, we we that's why when our group we usually have kind of like, I mean, if we take a, if it's a, a group meetup of, point. Well, if it's a group of like ten of us or more, half of the group is full-on experienced riders, yep. and we compensate because we know that some of these people they might be bringing their girlfriends, might be bringing a new rider, a guy borrowing a sled. So usually what we try to do is that it's it's a one-to-one -one ratio. We have one guy that's not so experienced with one guy that is experienced. And we try to keep it like that. So regardless of how we split up, we've got one experienced guy with an unexperienced guy, you know. 
and then usually what we'll do is we'll keep constantly like checking in on each other all the time you know how's your you know how's what's his name doing is he doing all right and stuff like that yeah. and then if we're going to get into some like sketchy stuff like an early little climb there's going to be at least two of us there with with that one experienced rider and usually you know we'll have i mean we like to try to keep two of us there at one time and it, and it's uh, well actually lisa's the one that at least and Don on one of our last rides brought up to me because they're like all the guys are on the mountainside and I had to sit there and explain to him I said no if you look one of the other experienced riders that came up here he's down there he's down there off to the side and he's waiting he, he's waiting to, for one of us to come back down because he's not going to go up he's either going to go up and sit off to the side somewhere completely out of danger or he's going to be down at the bottom sit waiting until one of us comes back down because there's always one of us that sits off to the side making sure that we're, we're going to be fine you know i mean and he was like he didn't notice that he just thought we all went up the hill like all of us because there was a good group of us when we went up last time he thought all of us just went up to the side of the mountain and just had fun and he was like that's stupid that's completely that's completely un it's unacceptable that's to a, do that that's a death trap yeah and i was like sitting there and i was like no no we've got a guy on the bottom that's monitoring us you know, and he's keeping track. He knows what to do in case something happens. He's got the beating. He's got the probe. He's got a way to contact somebody. And then he can at least direct the four other people that are inexperienced with us that, hey, you know, you go down to the hip, down to the road, go get cell service, call police, you know, call the emergency. You know, you come up here and help me dig out people and locate, you know. Because the other people, I think Don and uh, Lisa, the other Lisa had their beat gets the stuff. So he can send them up there and be like, start looking for people, probe and find them. Yeah, so. I mean... It's, it's one thing to have the safety gear too, but it's another to like know how to use the safety gear properly. Yeah. Like anybody can wear a beacon and keep it turned on, but if you don't know how to track the signals that it's giving you, yeah. the beacon's no good. Yeah. It's, it's, you're only, well, then you your, your equipment, you could have top of the line equipment, but it's only as good as the person that is Operators. working the equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if even some of the more experienced guys don't even, they're not even. I mean, if you're buried under 15 feet of snow, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. Chance, it's, chances it's, are, if you're buried 15 feet down, you're you're done. Which in some of these places can get like that. I mean, if you're down at the bottom of the very that's bottom stay of the hill, at, that's why I stay out of valleys with creek beds at the bottom because you know something something does happen. You know, you're, you're something slides, you're buried in the creek bed. Yeah, right. you're not getting pulled out of that creek bed. You're getting. You're going to throw down to the bottom of the creek bed. And, yeah. you know, it could have been a well, that's even slide if, with a five-foot depth to it, but you're going to be, you know, ten feet down. Well, that's even if you survive the impact of the slide. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're at the bottom of the gully. When the slide comes down, you're going to get the full full force of the, yeah. of the, of the avalanche. Yeah. It's going to plow into you, and there's it's just, you're not, you might not even know it's hitting you, and then the next note lights are out. Mother, mother nature's no joke up there. And, uh, if, if you're up high and cotton one, you're going to kind of be riding with it and probably get buried. But if you're down low, you're going to get wiped out. I mean, if trees can't even stand in the way of it, what, what chances are you going to have in there? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's, it's just scary to think about that kind of stuff. And that's something I think about every time I go into the mountains. I'm just like, man, well, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. You know, like, I, I watch know. other people. I'm not I'm not so much worried about my st myself as I am about... You know, I got the guy high marking up above me who has, who either one doesn't care that I'm sitting below him. Yeah. Which, that, that I be. usually take myself out of that situation real quick. I just move. That stuff drives me nuts. But it's like, it's like, all right, man, you're going to go up, you're going to high mark up above me, and now you're going to side hill across the face, knowing there's a group of people below you. Yeah. That you're, at that point, you're just arrogant. You well, don't one, care. one I don't like, like, one I don't like seeing is when you're doing, if you guys are high marking. 
and you got a guy that's kind of like riding with you to high mark like it's a competition. And it's when that guy, then you have the kind of the unexperienced guy that's just kind of falls out beat you going up to, up to high mark. Is when you both go up and you go to turn right, and instead of hitting, he's on the left hand side of you, and you go to turn right to come out of it. And what does he do to beat your mark? He turns right. Yeah. And it's like, you got all left side to turn. Yeah. And why? Because now I got to watch to see if you just broke a shoot free above me. You know, and then I got to pin it, and hopefully I can control it all the way down to get out from away from that shoot. You know, yeah. you know it's just like. There's a lot that goes into that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. The mountains don't show no mercy to anybody. No, they don't. I mean, I, I grew up in the mountains. I, I got it was kind of a blessing and a curse, but right behind the house there was an avalanche, and depending on the year, it got pretty damn close to the house. Yeah. And but I mean, growing up there, we could we could watch them. We got to, I got a lot of experience watching what the weather would do, what what kind of what I'd be looking for in a snowstorm in order for a chute to come down. And, and the one that was right behind the house, that thing was huge. Yeah. That's a big chute. I mean, out of all the other ones in that whole mountain, that was the biggest one that was right behind my house. And it's just, there was a couple of times I remember I was like 10 years old. It scared you ever living death then. I was playing in the backyard. And all of a sudden I heard Did mom... Did feel the ground shake? Well, I heard mom yelling at me first. And I was like, what's she yelling at me? And then I like kind of felt something rumbling around. I looked behind me. It's just this big white wall. Yeah. Just big white wall. And I was like, oh. And I, I tried to run this path. I didn't make it more than 15 feet from where I originally was. That thing plowed into me and all... I, got, I mean, all it was was there was so much powder up top and down low, is that when the chute came down, it just stirred up this big powder plume, and it just kind of rolled down the mountain. So it wasn't an actual avalanche, but it was just a powder plume. So when it plowed into us all, I mean, it still scared the ever living shit out of me. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it was just I was I was riding up at Terrigan with a buddy, and there's a spot where we kind of had the side hill across his face, and. You know, I, I told the other two guys we were with, I'm like, don't play around on the face, just get a crossing go. And one buddy didn't listen. He's sitting there, he's carving on it, he's climbing up, he's side hilling across it, and it broke loose. I mean, it wasn't big. It wasn't big, but it was still... It doesn't have to be watch, big. Wa watching my buddy in that, you know, it was only probably a foot deep, two feet deep. Yeah, but... But, I mean, it didn't, it slid like maybe 50 feet. And he wasn't. He wasn't. We knew he wasn't going to get buried. But at the same, at that, in, at that moment in time, it was watching. Oh shit! <laughs> like he just started an avalanche, and yeah. a lot of people don't realize there's like chain avalanches. I mean, you could have an avalanche, a tiny little slide that's going to kick off something big on the right conditions. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, we had a couple years back. We posted a video going up into Johnson's on a gnarly climb, and we've been up in this spot before. Everybody called it a shoot. It. It, it was actually pretty safe than what everybody thought it was. and uh, But one of the things that we got kind of yelled at is that uh, there was another guy with us, and he's like, what are we all waiting here for? And I'm like, because we're going up. Yeah, but what are we, why is it just one guy at a time? And I was like, just to be per precaution, one guy's going up at a time, so if something breaks free, not all, you know, the rest of us are right behind him. Or if he messes up, we got to figure out a way around him or figure out a way around him or turn around or if he knocks a chute loose we're directly behind him when we're kind of screwed we wait here till he gets up and then we go you know and or if he eats it getting up close to the top and his machine comes tumbling down and you got to worry about dodging it you wait here you wait until he gets up to the top you once you see he's gotten up there to where he's in a safe spot then yeah full pin it go for it dude we'll wait here while you get up to the top just one by one we'll go up 
you know that's just the safe way to do it man so nobody gets hurt you know and it's just that just kind of comes natural to us but every once in a while we get some people that got to ask about it and it's like well this is why we do it like this you know just like the guys up there Carter, you know Don and them guys they were just like you know why are you guys all in heaven well not all of us are up there you know there's there's always some guy watching we, we, we kind of, some people don't, you know, like that kind of practice still themselves, you know, but we, we do it in a manner that we feel comfortable and safe that it's efficient enough for us, yeah. you know, so we can all get our riding in and stuff. I mean, we, we try to still be safe about it. And we just, we don't let it consume us too much with this, I mean, because you can always be way over fucking, overprotective on the whole thing and then nobody's going to be riding. You might as well just stay at the house. Yeah, it's like, I mean. <laughs> There's there's a there's a risk to it regardless. Yeah, there's always going to be a risk to it, whether you know it might it's a slide or it's a freak accident and somebody gets hurt. And this podcast is probably ran out. Oh damn it, dude! It hit twenty minutes. <laughs> I think that's enough for today, and we'll see if Joe cuts some of the some of the conversation out, or he might make it into two podcasts. But uh, yeah, or we'll split up into two part a two for two for why one. Do Oh, well. We can go to 30? We can go to 30. He doesn't 30 care. 30 it is. He says, hell with it. We'll go to 30. He oh, turned it over to us? All right. He said he just gave us free reign of that. <laughs> That's dangerous. That's dangerous, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's just, we'll get, we'll get, I think the biggest group I've been riding with, I want to say it was probably two years ago up at Lost Lake, there was probably a good, like, 28, 32 of us. Somewhere right in there. The only bad part about it was is that, I mean, we subdivided because we had the guys that we normally ride with. So we got up there, it was all like a little shindig when we got up top of Lost Lake. We went in from the Seward side. It, the trail was kind of sketchy. It was all tracked out and iced up. And, but we got up top, you know, of course, we all kind of meet up there right up by the cabin at first when we first get up there, at least a good majority of us. Let's see if everybody else made up just fine. And then, uh, you know, if we have to wait there too long. Because some of those guys don't. We would get there, like, half of us would show up, like, the, the diehards would always show up first, you know, the, the, the first five, the eight guys would show up at the parking lot, we're ready to go, and we're waiting there for, like, half hour, 45 minutes, and then, like, another, like, 10 or 15 of them show up, and we're like, all right, you guys gonna be ready, you know, and they're kind of joshing around, but, you know, a handful of them are, do get ready quick, fast, and hurry, and I'm like, all right, well. I take you- less than us time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll get I'll, ready. I'll take my sweet ass time. You're not gonna rush me to. In, in the springtime, I do. I take my time because I know I got plenty of daylight. But like when it's like now, when we have only got you know we've only got eight hours. Even of daylight. then, I'm not gonna rush to put my gear on. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna just put my gear on at my own leisure. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm running late and everybody's waiting on me, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my shit on real quick and go. But uh, I'll usually roll up with the first group of guys, and then we'll, you know, because by, you know, even when the la- even when the mid group got there, you know, it's still maybe like another hour or two for the last part of the group actually shows up there to head to head up the trailhead, and so we'll be up top. We'll wait for a major a good size of them show up, and then uh, when a couple guys finally make it up there, we'll kind of tell them what work kind of got planned because we'll get up there we'll about it. We'll look at the whole whole scenery and see what all the layout is, and then be like, all right, well, uh, you know, we're gonna head this way. We're gonna go cut down the trees. We're gonna go down and then come down to the lake. So uh, when the rest of the guys get up here, you know, let them know that's where we're heading off to. You know, so we can take off and start going riding. It's kind of like in little waves. You know, kind of like the stop and go traffic. A bunch of us catch up. We relay when what we're doing and where we're going, and then we kind of go off, and then they'll meet up with us later. And then usually once we get up there, it, you know, it'll take a couple hours, but then the rest of the group finally meets up with us. 
and then we're like, all right, you know, what are you guys trying to do? You know, and we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it all out. Part of us go over here, part of us go over there, part of us go over there. We kind of have like a base camp set up type deal, like a, a, a base point. But, all right, we're all going to kind of venture off from here and we'll periodically kind of come back in and stop and check on people, you know, make sure everybody's tracking where everybody's at, you know. And then uh, I, 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 I had a feeling one day, who was it? It was a it was a guy I was riding with uh, a couple years back. Uh, he was from Anchorage here. He was kind of a he was from like Colorado. Oh no, it was my uh, my cousin's new husband. Uh, he was he was riding with us, and uh, he was kind of curious about that whole thing. But he goes, "How do you guys keep track of each other?" And I said, well, "Actually, surprisingly, we do pretty well." And I purposely got myself lost in Lost Lost Lake from the group, and uh, like everybody. I saw that everybody had kind of went, we were in between the trees in these little gullies and everybody had kind of went right. So I decided to go left and I was like, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, how much do the rest of the guys really kind of track to see if we, cause we usually actually do pretty damn good. We're all with each other. And so I kind of ventured off to the left real quick and I didn't go far. I just went a little bit to the left. I went out, I went off from the roof more than five minutes and I could hear a snow machine is kind of going by back the trail and then going back again. And then finally one poked into the valley and I think it was Luther that found me. And he was like, dude, where'd you go? He goes, we all turned right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, he goes, yeah, we got up to the next clearing, kind of putting around. And I'm like, where the hell did Sam go? <laughs> and he turned around and went back and he, he noticed that there was a trail kind of venturing off from the rest of them. And he said, come back with the rest of the group. And I was like, I don't know, I just, I seen this over here and just wanted to take a look at it for a second. We do, so we all do pretty good, especially if we know we're getting into some gnarly places. I want to get up in Whittier again this year. Dude, I don't even want to think about gnarly places because that night that we went out to Placer, we went out to Placer that one night after work and you were out there riding. <laughs> that, was, that was the night you watched me almost die. Like, I cheated death. Quite literally cheated death. Hold on, night. cheated death. I don't even... I mean, my, I, li my life literally flashed before my eyes and... And Leland still laughs about it. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, remember that one time? I'm like, yeah, dude, do you, realize, do, you, do you realize that how easy I could have died? Like, I cheated death. I mean. Yeah, but you were wearing a helmet. You were fine. <laughs> I, hit, I hit my head so hard on the ground that my lenses fell out of my frames of my goggles. My sled flipped three times through the air before I hit the ground. I know you guys showed up and you realized like, well, how long you been out here? And I said, I don't know, I've been off work since three. And just putting around. And then leave, just leave it up to Nolan. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, the snow was super <laughs> shitty and it's kind of just like, all right, whatever. It's getting dark. Let's get out of here. Oh, no, Nolan will bring some excitement. It, it wasn't too It wasn't too bad up high. It wasn't bad up high, but mm -hmm. down low, I found yeah. out real quick that snow was not forgiving. I, I remember I, I got off work and went out there. I bombed straight to the glacier. Got up top, was looking around, trying to see if I could find some cool spots. And then I had service, and that's when you guys called me. We were like, oh yeah, we're just hitting Girdwood. And I was like, all right, I'll fuck, I'll bomb, I'll bomb back down and I'll meet you guys down there. Well, where are you at? I'm up on the glacier. I know, dude. I'll go meet you guys. <laughs> and it was it was cool, it just got dark quick and but man, that ride back was not fun. <laughs> Well, it's miserable. It was the next day when I yard sold mine too. Yours, yours went ten feet in the air, three rolls, and then just just obliterated. <sighs> and then the next day, I yard sold mine from the top of Skookum Glacier. I just 
hit that I hit that trough and I felt it I just pinned it and I wasn't going anywhere and it started sliding backwards and I was like well I just stepped off it and watched it go yeah. I'm like there goes that now well, I can match Nolan now <laughs> yeah well at least you didn't get hurt yeah, I was I was full on able, just like I was stepping off the bus or something. Just just stepped off and watched it go. No, I just straight up went for a ride. <laughs> yeah, you pissed off the bus driver. He booted your ass off Dude, the damn thing. I, I've, re- I've wrecked quite a bit, like a lot. I've wrecked a lot. That's that bus driver just Spartan kicked your ass off of it. Dude, that was literally the hardest I've ever been slammed in my entire life. Dude, I remember the seat hit me in the ass. As it was, as I was starting to go ass end over tea kettle, mm-hmm. and when my head hit the ground, instant ringing in my ears, and yeah, everything you, went black. You were out of it for a while. I mean, I was sitting there, and we were like, I was like, well, all right, well, you guys are checking on Nolan. I'm gonna go check on the sled, see how bad that thing is. <laughs> Dude, everything. Like, I remember Lee talking. I remember watching his mouth move, and my buddy Lane. I'm watching his mouth move, but I couldn't hear anything. Just but I heard the. Just, my that, ears just, just that dumbfounded look as you're staring at him and you're like I'm, yeah I'm trying to figure out what just happened something's not working here yeah <laughs> like, and then I was trying to stand up dude I just couldn't gather my bearings it, it reminds, my legs weren't one of the work it reminds me when you make a phone call and you make the wrong number and it's like please hang up and try again that's, it's like that that's what was going on in my head I was trying so hard to figure out what was going on and all my brain was saying Please hang up and try again. That's all that was going on. <laughs> it's just that dial tone to it. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, well, I guess that's a good, that's a good turtle pod, you know, for, for today. It's a good turtle podcast. And then uh, Joe said we were allowed to have 30 minutes. We hit our 30-minute marker. And, uh, yeah. Air compressor. Yeah. <laughs> Air compressor just in the nick of time right toward the end of it kicked on in, into the garage. Yeah, stay tuned for next time. I think next time we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk more about. Well, I guess a couple more riding trips we've been doing stuff. Or yeah, we'll, we'll switch good. it up maybe a little bit. We'll we'll do some different winter activities like snowboarding. Like me and my son were bored the other day. So, all right, catch you later. Bye. Later.